0: Hello and welcome into the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 sports. Joined today by Isaac Trotter, a national college basketball writer for 24-7 sports. We're going to talk about KU hoops. We're kind of in the middle of non-conference play for KU. KU did notch a win over Eastern Illinois on Tuesday night. But We're going to talk a lot more about the Maui Invitational, KU's win over Kentucky, The things that we've seen from Kansas over the first few weeks of the season, some of the bigger games, right? You can't really learn a lot about KU from a game against Manhattan or Eastern Illinois or Chaminade. But you can learn a lot with games against Kentucky, Marquette, Tennessee. So we're going to break all of that down. We're coming off a feast week, though, Isaac. Would you get to do anything fun for the the busy week of college basketball? Are you stuck in the house watching games all day?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say your your definition of fun and mine might be different because <laughs> I had uh I had like a Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It was literally wall to wall basketball. And then mm. Thanksgiving happens, I'm watching on my phone at things. I was probably not the best family member, but uh that's just how it is. That's just how it is when when you love college basketball. It's it's one of my favorite weeks of the season. Mm. It's it feels like you get a really good chance to watch just so many teams kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. Um and and boy, we got a feel for Kansas, right? As as they went up in one of the best tournament draws like I I think we'll ever see I think everybody now from now on is gonna be like how do we top the Maui field because that that field was absolutely ridiculous
0: yeah and it's crazy too right the Maui field is set like a year two years in advance and to have it play out like this was pretty crazy where you've got a Purdue team you know and Marquette right two top five teams and I saw a really good tweet that like the semifinals for Maui were better than any other like MTE during feast week, what they hoped their final would be like. And you even look at the third place game, KU playing Tennessee, a team that probably, if I had to bet, is going to come in first or second in the SEC. I mean, it's just a crazy field um, with some crazy tough opponents. And, I, you know, let's start here, Isaac. What do you think was the your biggest takeaway um, from Maui? Because I thought this was a really interesting two games, really the Shamana one is a game in and of itself. Um, It, it counts, but I don't think it really counts for learning a lot, but I feel like you learned a lot between the Marquette game, seeing how a very well-oiled machine in Marquette can operate against a team that is still learning how to play like Kansas. And then you got the Tennessee game, right? Physical team caves, learning how to play with that physicality, especially with this rotation that they're working with. So for you, like what was the standout getting to watch KU play against two really, really good teams in Maui?
1: yeah, I felt like Marquette that that Marquette win f- was really more about Marquette than it was Kansas's flaws for me personally. That's just kind of how I, I viewed it. Mm-hmm. And then the next game against Tennessee, I thought was a toughness win. like that that team in in that spot against Tennessee, who had just went through just a brutal war, like for them in the second half to find a way to get past Tennessee, I thought was huge because. I'm as high on Tennessee as anybody I think they're clearly the number one team in the SEC mm-hmm. I don't think it's all that close to be honest I think they're a, a phenomenal team I think they're gonna be really really good and Kansas turned their water off in the second half and now you're starting to see the rotation start to settle in a little bit like Omarco Jackson still we're still kind of waiting for him but Jamari McDowell stepping up Johnny Furphy stepping up like Nick Timberlake plays three minutes against Tennessee and you're okay and so, like, mm-hmm. those are the type of things that I feel like I was like, okay, we're starting to settle in here and start to see, like, different guys are, are stepping up to the plate. Because if you can step up to the plate in a Maui game against a Tennessee team like that, that should give you so much confidence moving forward. I'm fascinated by how this rotation starts to look moving forward because Bill Self. I mean, it's the cream will start to rise to the top. We know what these top four players look like. Mm-hmm. That fifth spot is very much open. And, you know, recruiting rankings go out the door when when you step on the floor and like everything. So like you might be a five star like El Marco, but if Jamari McDowell's the better player on that night, he's gonna play. Now, are they giving up on El Marco? No. But I think I'm interested in moving forward, especially against UConn, who is getting the bulk of that minutes yeah. at the two. If, if it's Jamari McDowell, I think that says a whole lot about how this Kansas staff feels about him both now right. and long-term.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And Bill Self isn't one to compliment his team in November, right? I think Katie fans know that they've, how many times have you heard Bill Self call his team soft or we have a long way to go in November. But the fact that he came out on Monday and said that this, the Tennessee win was one of the best wins Kansas has had in a long time, Right. KU won the national title in 2022. Like they've had some big wins recently. And to call that Tennessee win uh, one of the bigger ones they've had, I think speaks to the toughness that KU played with, right? 13 hours after losing to Marquette, Kevin McCullough is sick. KJ Adams is going through a a family tragedy where I can't even imagine how hard that is to be mentally ready to play basketball after such a thing. And then you've got someone like Juan Harris not having his best game. And I think you're right. Like for me, the biggest takeaway from that Tennessee game is, Jamari McDowell like and we could talk about the, the fifth starting spot because I think that's a really interesting dynamic heading into the back half of conference play because Bill Self has talked about wanting to see the guy that fits the best with the other four. Like you said, we know what KU is going to get from KJ Adams, from DeWan Harris, Kevin McCullough, Hunter Dickinson, right? But it's about that fifth guy and who fits in the best. And I thought Jamari McDowell fit in really well, right? Was ready to shoot, brought energy. And I think for El Marco right now. He's just thinking too much. And he looks like a guy that was playing lacrosse a couple of years ago and is still trying to get his sea legs under him on the basketball court. So for you then, Isaac, like what do you look for then? Like as this conference play keeps going, like what do you want to see from that fifth starter? Who do you think should be the guy that's starting in that two guard spot?
1: yeah i don't i don't think it's all in one and i think you can kind of mix and match throughout the game and i think that's a great problem to have like when you can have three different guys that could potentially fill in who whichever night it is but for me it's like it's less about like the shots you're taking offensively you know almarco jackson defensively i i haven't been super impressed with there's Mm -hmm. been some pretty glaring defensive mistakes and he's a freshman that's supposed to happen that's understandable And so for me, it's like that fifth guy is like, Hey, can you just play mistake-free basketball defensively? As long as you're playing mistake-free basketball, I I think that's fine because you're going to get open catch and shoot threes. And, you know, Nick Timberlake has struggled. I think he's going to have nights where he helps Kansas in Big 12 play. He's going to make shots eventually. It's going to take time a little bit. You know, I think Jamari McDowell, he he's a good shooter. I think we've seen that too. And he's going to get spoon fed, wide open looks. Because until proven otherwise, I think a lot of people would rather live with Kansas having a, a Kansas offensive possession ending with a Jamari McDowell three than a KJ Adams lob or a Hunter Dickinson mm. post up or a Dewan Harris like circling the paint like Steve Nash to figure out an open lamp or a Kevin McCullough drive. Like you're going to, kind of live with Jamari McDowell so that fifth spot is going to be a guy that makes the fewest mistakes defensively I think that's the one who plays and offensively whatever you give them is kind of gravy because again we we know that those top four guys can create really good offense I think Kansas number one in the country and assists per Mm -hmm. field goal this year uh that that speaks a lot to the ball movement and obviously the sets that Bill Self is running
0: Yeah, I think it's 75% of KU's baskets this season have been assisted, and I think we're going to hear Bill Self talk all season about moving the ball, keeping the ball on the perimeter and firing it side to side, getting to the third side, because I think you're going to see teams load up in the paint, right, against Hunter Dickinson, and I want to get your take on him here in a second, but I think you're right defensively. This is a team that's still trying to figure it out, right? You know that Dewan Harrison, Kevin McCullough are really good defensively, but last year they had the scheme figured out, right, with KJ Adams playing the five, right? You switch a lot and you know who's going to be on who. Now they're trying to figure this out with Hunter Dickinson and they're hard hedging sometimes or downing ball screens others. And it's a work in progress. And I think another one I want to talk about later is KJ Adams at the four, but defensively, like this team is still a work in progress. And I think you're right. Like, Marco gets blown by, I think maybe a little too much right now. And that'll happen, right? Anybody will get blown by at times, but it seems like that's a mental thing. where are not necessarily knowing the right angles to have on the ball and where you need to be and where you need to force people. So I think that's going to be a work in progress. But defensively for KU, what have you thought about it with Hunter Dickinson playing the five and then also playing KJ Adams at the four? Like when you've watched KU defensively, what have been your thoughts so far?
1: They're super physical up front. Mm. I I think that's something that really stands out. I love KJ. The the stuff that he does defensively is awesome. But the things that I keep thinking about, I I watched a lot of Arizona so far this year, who's been one of the most impressive teams in the country. And I think that Kishad Johnson is an interesting comp for what KJ can do, because what they've done with Kishad Johnson is they've played him on some fives lately to kind of mismatch Hunt a little bit defensively. He's a little bit better. You kind of put you know, their center, Umar Balo, they put him on like a non-shooter. So can Kansas do that same thing with Dickinson and KJ Adams? We saw that against Kentucky, right? Uh, Hunter Dickinson guarded a Duthiero and then they put KJ Adams on Trey Mitchell. How, how much can they use that moving forward? Now, UConn on Friday, I I don't think you could do that necessarily. That's not necessarily the matchup because UConn doesn't really have a guy that you can put uh, Dickinson on like if you're putting him on Alex Caravan that's a problem Alex Carman's a very very good three-point shooter and he's got a little bit more mobility uh, so I just am fascinated by how Bill Self kind of mixes and matches yeah. this front court defensively because like we said we know this point of attack defense can be really really good with Dewan yeah. Harris and Kevin McCullough. I think simplifying things for Marco Jackson would be really helpful maybe just like hey like you need to guard shooters. We need you to be a hook and trail guy on shooters. Stay with them. Understand that positionally. Like, you're just not going to let them get a three off because Kansas has done a pretty good job of limiting three-point attempts for the most part. Uh, Tennessee got off 33, which was a little bit more than I think that Bill Self would have necessarily liked. Uh, So I think that, like, making it a little bit simpler for Elmarco Jackson, Jamari McDowell, or Nick Timberlake, whoever's at the five there will be different. But I think physicality-wise, this team's going to be in a good shape and and defensive rebounding wise Mm. i've been super impressed by that like i mean dickinson two games this year with 20 plus rebounds that's that's really good kj adams we know he can do what he can do on the glass is gonna help out on the glass too i just don't feel like there's gonna be a very many times where kansas gets out rebounded it's just not I just don't feel like that's a that's a formula we're going to see very often that that leads you to a really high floor defensively can they get better yes will they get more connected as this gets older yes but i, I feel pretty encouraged for the most part because i mean the narratives around like oh you can't have a great defense with hunter dickinson at the five is so garbage and spend garbage from the moment that like that started circulating because michigan a few years ago had the number five defense in the country when dickinson <laughs> was a freshman so like i just yeah. i can't I can't buy that. So I think, you know, I think it's more of a collective unit on how we get better defensively. And as long as we don't have some of these, you know, critical mistakes from, you know, some of the lesser used guys offensively, I think you should be in a pretty good spot.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think Hunter's been really interesting to watch because if you listen to Bill Self talk when they went to Puerto Rico or when they played Illinois um, in that exhibition, he talks so much about Hunter's rebounding. And how he needed to be better at going out and getting rebounds. And it seems like as soon as the actual season started, it seems like it's clicked for Hunter, right? I I think I I put out either on our message board or on Twitter that I like Hunter's going to get like a thirty and twenty or a twenty eight and twenty game this season. Like he's going to have one of these just monster performances in Big Twelve play. If I had to guess, on the road probably, um, where he's just going to dominate. But for you, Isaac, like, what have you thought about? Hunter so far? Cause I think in terms of like the hype living up to and all those things, I think he's been ad as advertised. I think anything you really thought that you wanted to see from him, I think he's shown it so far, right? He's been pretty efficient in the post. He shot the three ball pretty well. He's improved as a defensive rebounder. I think the next step is going to be, how do you kind of build that defensive scheme around him? Just like you mentioned, but what have you thought? Like, I, I think he's looked like an all American start the season.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I think the the new guy syndrome is very interesting (laughs) to note. Like, you kind of come into a new scheme. Like, hey, this program's had a lot of talent. Like, Mm -hmm. what's my job here? Like, how is is it my turn to defer? Is it my turn to score? Like, how do I get people involved? Do I be selfish? Like, Mm -hmm. that that's a a big transition period for a lot of top transfers. It takes a little bit of time where everyone comes in. They're like, all right. right, So I know I'm really well paid, but like. Am I, I I'm still the new guy right and so with Hunter I, I don't feel like I felt like that at all he's felt very comfortable and very assertive with what he's doing and I think that especially against Kentucky I mean he was electric and Dewan Harris was so good late in that game maybe he was the best player on the floor but Dickinson was really darn good in that game too he had 27 and 21 and when you see how like he makes everybody's life just so much easier and that's the thing that I think is a sign of a truly great player we've seen Kevin McCullough's cutting be a lot better because he's playing with Hunter Dickinson we've seen KJ Adams Duckins are really way more impactful he's looming in the Dunker spot because Hunter Dickinson's on the floor. I think Dewan Harris is a lot more effective in ball screens because he has a center like Hunter Dickinson. Nick Timberlake's going to get more of those open shots. He's created a lot of open looks, even with just some of the kickouts when they double. And then, you know, the one more. He's not getting the the assist, but he's getting a hockey assist. And we've seen yeah. some of those assist numbers. I think he had three against Marquette. Probably should have had more. I think he could have been closer to five or six of guys to make more shots. So I, I just feel like he, you know, he's settled in way quicker than I thought. We knew he was going to put up numbers, but he just looks way more confident. And one thing Bill Self said after Kentucky that I thought was very interesting is like when Hunter Dickinson's on the floor, like and even before the games, like he embraces like that bad boy, like villain mentality, and that just allows everybody to play off of it. And so that's been very encouraging for me. I feel like he has really assimilated into this Kansas culture really quickly, and he's made everybody else's life way easier on the floor and off the
0: court. Mm. You mentioned Nick Timberlake a couple of times. I think it's been a acclimation process for him, right? I think it's pretty clear that confidence isn't high for him right now. And I think the requirements that Bill Self has for players starting on the defensive end has been an issue for him where I think you saw the Kentucky game athletically. Kentucky just blew right past him. And I think there have been games where you see his limitation probably athletically where if you want to use the Grady Dick comparison, right? Grady was, I think, better athletically than Timberlake is and probably um, the length that Grady had helped him defensively, where Nick doesn't really have that, right? He's six four, probably got an even wingspan, maybe slightly smaller, and he isn't as good as an athlete. But I think shooting-wise, he's just as good. Um, and it just seems like this is totally confidence. Like, it's all mental. Once he starts to get comfortable, I think he'll figure it out. But do you agree or are you, are you starting to hit the panic button for what he is this year?
1: Well, Kansas doesn't need him like they definitely need him, but they don't need to play him like they got other guys who will clearly play. And we've seen that. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like he just kind of needs like a proof of concept. Like, I just need a game where shots go in against a good team for him to kind of like the icebreaker to settle Mm -hmm. in. And it's on Kansas to kind of get him those easy looks. So it's also on him to hold up his end of the bargain defensively, not make mistakes, stay in front of the basketball, contain the ball help out on the glass. You know, this is a guy who shot a ton of free throws last year for for Towson. He's, what, shot six in the first six games for Kansas. It's not really been there. That's not been a huge part of his game where he's been able to get something easy. And so when you're relying on jumpers to go in, that that can kind of change things because he's not really going to get much at the rim. And, you know, defensively, like, he got back cut far too many times against Marquette. in Mm -hmm. in his limited in his limited minutes where just you got to understand the scouting report too and he's an old guy he's a fifth year guy and you know I I don't want to play revisionist history but you know there were some interesting options for Kansas in the portal like and people talking about Nick Timberlake wasn't this like highly prized guy UConn wanted him bad like bad UConn thought they had him and so like you kind of picked Timberlake and and you rode with that and that kind of changed what you asked Jalen Tyson in the transfer portal. Mm. It changed, like, oh, when Cam Spencer became available, you don't really have a spot for him because you already brought a guy in. So it's like mm. this revisionist history here is really interesting with what you have in the portal. And I, th- I just think Timberlake needs a game. And, you know, we saw it against – I think he had 14 against North Carolina Central in the, in the opener. So we've seen him yeah. make shots. But I, I don't think a bye game where he makes shots really helps him. I mean, it doesn't hurt him, I guess, because it's confidence. You see the ball go through. The loop. But I really do think he needs, like, a game against a – A good team where he's, you know, a helpful, impactful role player for him to really settle in because Kansas definitely does need him. I was when I said Kansas doesn't need to play him like they still do need him to make shots for this team to really hit its ceiling.
0: Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. And I do agree. Right. I think theoretically game to game you can get by without playing the Timberlake a bunch. But in order for KU to play at its ceiling as a team, you need that three point shooting because I think it's just going to be an issue if you're playing And relying on Dewan Harris and Kevin McCullough, right, to be the consistent three point shooters. They're going to have games. We've seen Dewan Harris have games, right, where he's making it, he's lights out, but Dewan also, it's not his instinct to shoot. And Kevin can shoot it. He'll be hot and he'll be cold and he's just going to keep shooting. But the consistency that I think if Nick is playing at a ceiling, right, I think that brings so much to this offense as a whole where I do worry about it long term, right? You get a Big 12 play, you start playing those teams a second time. And they can kind of figure out some of the stuff you're doing. And you need some of that spacing just to make it easier for Hunter Dickinson so he's not playing around three people. Because I think well, at times yeah. you've seen that where it's it's been a, a tough look offensively.
1: It's a great point. No, it's absolutely true. Again, I mean, against Kentucky, they were not guarding DeJuan Harris. They were sagged completely off of KJ Adams. They mm-hmm. have an extra help defender on Dickinson at all times. Like There are times where K- K- Kentucky had four Players in the paint, sometimes even exactly. five at one time. And and so like the spacing looks iffy. And despite all of that, Kansas scores 89. And so it's like it's like this team is like this team has a chance when they get shots up, they're really, really good. I think they're shooting over 60% effective field goal percentage this year. It's like when you get shots up, it, it is, but like all of that crowded into the paint. I think that leads to turnovers. I think it leads to clunkiness. I think when you have teams with more legit size, it's also going to lead to some issues Mm -hmm. offensively as well, especially when big 12 play rolls around. Because if you turn the basketball over in big 12 play, TCU is going to murder you. Houston's going to murder you. Um, I'm blanking on others that are, great and, and turning those those transition buckets into or transition or turnovers into transition points iowa state they, they will absolutely take your lunch and run and so like those are like the those are like the 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 spacing is like a great fun word that we all use and everything but it's really like about like the turnover situation and having that extra space will lead to less turnovers in my opinion and, and that's where timberlake is huge that's where Marco has to continue to grow whether that's you know driving those open spaces a little bit more instead of yeah. settling for yeah you're open drive the basketball like you can yeah. drive the basketball against long closeouts, uh, um, but if Jamar keeps making shots or Johnny Perpy keeps making shots, I think that'll change the equation a little bit too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And here's the thing, Isaac. I, I pulled up the Ken Palm numbers here to my right. Ku um, shooting 40% from three on the season, which if you talk to, I think just like hey, if I go to Allen Fieldhouse, you know, for the Connecticut game and say hey. What's KU shooting from three? I think a lot of people would say, oh, you know, 35%, 36%. It's up at 40 right now. And I, I don't know, right? I think Bill Self would say, oh, small sample size, right? That's been his mm-hmm. his kind of buzzword um, since Maui, right? Small sample size at this point in time. But that's been encouraging. You look at the the non-steel turnover percentage at 7% ranking. Um... Oh, I lost it here. Where'd it go? There it is ranking in the hundreds, um, nationally. So I think you you're looking at this team and you're saying, okay, it has not clicked to its fullest extent. And yet you look at the numbers and they're still pretty good. So I, I, overall, it's one of these issues, you know, someone used to tell me it's Kansas problems where you're looking at kind of the, you're already at a baseline of like a top five, top 10 team. And you're looking at what are the margins that can get you it closer and closer to being a number one overall seed, a number one overall team. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. But I guess in terms of the issues, like when you look at this team against Connecticut, um, what do you think are the the biggest issues that UConn might pose? And what are you going to be looking for from KU on, on Friday night? UConn's tough
1: because yes, mm-hmm. Kansas has shot threes well. They haven't shot many of them. I think they're 260th yep. nationally in three-point attempts uh, based on like the field goals that they're attempting. Mm-hmm. Um but, but UConn doesn't let you really get much at the rim. I think opponents are shooting just 48% at the rim against UConn, which is a, one of the best marks in the country. Compare that with Kansas, who's shooting over 70% at the rim this year. So it's like strength on strength there. Something has to give there a little bit. Uh, UConn plays a ton of drop coverage with Donovan Klingit. That leads... Hunter Dickinson top of the key threes. That's mm-hmm. going to be a huge piece, I think, of changing the the geography of the floor that of what those short rolls look like, um, how the ball screens are guarded by UConn, if if Dickinson can knock down a couple of those, because he's gonna have a couple open looks, I think. And mm-hmm. those could be really, really big. And the the matchups with this game, especially you know, on the other end of the floor when UConn has the basketball are fascinating to me. I think Tristan Newton's been great this year. So I'm guessing Harris takes him to will take him. Cam Spencer has been really, really good this year. I think you throw him a color on him. Let's say Almarco Marco Jackson starts. I think he probably gets the solo ball assignments like freshman on freshman. Like, hey, man, like who makes the least mistakes wins here? Like we need you yeah. to be locked in. And then Caravan and Klingon, I would expect Caravan to be guarded by KJ Adams And clinging to be guarded by Dickinson. That's good. I mean, that's a great front court matchup. You could argue, I mean, there's not too many front courts better than those two, what what UConn and what Kansas have. So I'm so excited about these matchups. But Mm -hmm. that strength on strength, whichever gives, like, can Kansas score at the rim or is UConn's elite rim defense wins? That's like, I feel like going to be the ultimate decider. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, I love this, this caravan KJ Adams matchup too, because I, I don't think we've seen kind of, we've seen KJ go against kind of like your, your smaller kind of guards that are playing the four so far this year, but to have someone that can stretch the floor, provide some mobility while also having that size, I think it's be really fascinating because to some degree, I, also, I almost feel like this is something that should fit what KJ is, where it's not a guy mm-hmm. that's smaller than him that can blow by him, um, just off the bounce like this is a guy that i think matches up with kj in terms of his size and i think that this is gonna be really interesting and a good litmus test i think for kj at the four defensively because i look in big 12 play and there are going to be other teams that have kind of the bigger four not necessarily like a post-up guy but someone that's gonna be a bigger four on the perimeter and if kj can't handle this matchup against caravan i think that bodes well for later in the season
1: Absolutely. You know, I think I remember the Illinois exhibition. Quincy Garrier is a very similar-ish four, mm. just very strong. Now, he doesn't shoot the three as well as Alex Caravan, but Garrier off the bounce gave Kansas some real problems. I think he got to the free throw line 10 times, just really drove the hell out of it. And so that's the type of stuff that Kansas just can't have. Now, granted, some of those possessions, KJ Adams had switched to guard Coleman Hawkins. Illinois mm. kind of like, Small ball, do it all five-ish guy. So this will be different. You have to contain the basketball because Carabin will drive it, but his pull-up game is nasty. Like he will get to his 15-foot jumper, little fadeaways, one-footers. Like there, he's tough. Like he is a tough player, and he'll do it in late clock situations too. He bailed out UConn against Texas at MSG multiple times with just like, I mean, tough, tough shots. So He, this is a, this is a fantastic matchup. I think AJ is going to be the physicality can give Caravan a a little bit of an issue because Caravan's a stout guy, but I wouldn't say he's KJ Adams strong. He's not KJ Adams athletic or bouncy. Um, But, but Caravan's super skilled and you can't let him drive it and you can't let him, you know, kind of get to his spots where he's able to you know feel comfortable. I think if you're really aggressive with him, we'll see a lot. Cause you're right. I mean, let's, let's go through it in big 12 play. Some of the fours you're going to face like, He's a little bit different, but Jalen Bridges is an interesting matchup at the four. When you play Cincinnati, that's going to be a two-big lineup now. You're going to probably have Aziz Bodego. Or you know uh, the lock-in kid, uh, Locken kid, Victor Lockin. Okay, when you up in Houston, you're playing you're mm-hmm. a- either Terrence Arsenault at the four or Juwan Roberts at the four. Like TCU has one of the best fours in the country in Emmanuel Miller. Yeah, like Texas, it's Dylan DeSue, It's probably so. It's it's like there's a this is a big matchup and KJ KJ feels like the key to this team, right? Like on both <laughs> ends because we talk so much about like how nice it is to have like a center or like a point guard. But the four man in college basketball has to do so many jobs. You got to be a good pick and roll guy. You have to guard multiple positions. You, hey, we need you to knock down threes. Hey, you got to like guard multiple positions defensively. We need you to switch on to point guards. We need you to switch on to shooters. Like, we need you to, oh, now it's start, your turn to guard fives. Like, you just have to do so many jobs. Mm. And Kansas having KJ yeah. Adams certainly helps. And if he can be up to the task against Caravan, I think that bodes super well, you know, moving forward. And I, and I think he will. I think his physicality will give Caravan some
0: problems. I think the KG Adams discussion is going to be something that happens all year, right? I think it's going to be so game to game. It's going to be flipping back and forth. This project is a disaster after one game. And then, Oh my gosh, it's incredible after another, like this is a a fit and a role that I think so much is going to be matchup dependent and game to game dependent. Absolutely. And I also feel like to some degree it could depend on, Hey, you know, Parker Brown how do you handle your minutes because if all of a sudden you can't play Parker that means KJ at the five for whenever Hunter sits that means you got to tweak your rotations means Johnny Furphy probably playing some more at the four which I think does fit a little bit better where when Furphy's playing the three he's got to go against the guards and they're a little more athletic than he is and is mentally Furphy still working through it so I just think the, the KJ Adams piece I think you're right like that is the one that the way Kansas deploys him, I think is going to change so much about this team this year, because if playing him at the four works, that's perfect, right? That's great because it means you get your best four players on the, on the floor. And then you can kind of build the the fifth spot around who's hot that day. But if all of a sudden you're looking at and you're saying, man, man, these teams are really sagging off KJ, and the passing isn't really helping as much. Then all of a sudden, you got to change things, and you're asking Furphy to play a lot more at the four. You're asking Kevin McCullough to play a lot more in the four, and it just has such a big ripple effect on the rest of the team.
1: Absolutely, and I, you know the thing for me that I keep looking at is the free throws. Like he's mm. going to draw fouls, and you know K- he's going to get great looks at the rim. He's going to draw confrontational stuff. When you get to the free throw line, like they just they just need him to be a 65 to 70% free throw shooter. Can he be that? I mean, he hasn't been early. I st- I still think he can, mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't been so far. And if you're going to be this different type of player who's, you know, you know, they they're, they're going to try to let you score. If they're going to try to give you opportunities for you to be the offensive, you know, piece that you are, like you have to convert those freebies. And you have to I mean, you're going to get I mean, there's going to be times where he's going to be ramroding down the, down the lane for wide open layups and teams are going to come over and hack him because it's a it's a good foul for them and yeah he has to he has to convert those he just has to because he's going to get to the line you know i think how many free throws has he shot a- 11 this year like he he's going to shoot more as the season progresses he's going to have some games where he shoots you know six a game and is, that could be you know four points or that could be two <laughs> and that's yeah. going to be might could be a very big difference maker for, for this team
0: yeah i totally agree well isaac that's what i got for you um thanks a bunch for jumping on the podcast where can fans find your stuff
1: Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore, underscore Trotter. I'm still mad at the other person who stole the one (laughs) underscore. Uh, And then uh, I have a 247sports.com, a lot of it there. And then we put stuff on the message boards as well. The big project I'm working on this week is kind of like first month observations from each Mm -hmm. league. Kind of what I like, what I don't like, key stats, big takeaways. Um, So be on the lookout for that because the Big 12 one will come out later this week. We'll uh, We'll try to get that out before the UConn
0: game on Friday. Love it. That sounds great. Something to look forward to for KU fans. Thanks a bunch, Isaac. Well, I'm sure we'll talk again as Big 12 Play approaches. Sounds good. Anytime, man.
1: The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries
0: returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye.
1: My feeling as a detective is that He was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine chilling docuseries showcasing real life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.